Good morning, travelers. What is up? This is your host, Spud. I'm coming to you from a hotel somewhere in San Jose, California. I just got back from Europe. It was a great little 10-day trip or something. And I must say that I'm pretty sure I fell in love with the tiny little country of San Marino. As you'll hear later in this episode, I have been trying to knock off some smaller countries I had never been to off of the list of a hundred and some odd countries on the UN list just to try and join a to try and join something called the Traveler's Century Group. I don't know. It's a weird interest I have. But um anyways, so I hit something this week like sixty seven countries. Uh I saw Monaco, San Marino, which I advise anybody to go to if you've never been. It's basically a tiny little fortress on a mountain surrounded by Italy. It's beautiful. Post a few photos of it on my Instagram. That's at Spud Groshong if you want to check them out. Um, yeah. So anyway, on today's uh, podcast, we have Jeremy Scott Foster. Jeremy is the travel freak oddly enough we spend a lot of time talking about me which is unusual but also you know it was a good conversation we had fun so without further ado i'll send you over to that interview i hope you have a great day i'd like to welcome to the podcast jeremy scott foster what's up dude what's up man so what's happening? Where are you right now? I am at home. I'm in Portland. I'll be honest. Portland was like, Portland was a lot bigger than I was expecting. And I, and I didn't realize that there were so many little pockets. Like I kind of just, just assumed that like Portland had a downtown where like all the primary things happened, but it's really, it's really separated and it's, it's, it's a little bit of a sprawl. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But it's it's really it's it's a it's a good spot, man. I'm like I'm pretty I'm pretty upset that I didn't give myself more time there. How long were you even here? Like four days. I don't, you know what? If if you didn't leave the city, or if you know you went to Mount Loma Falls, that's plenty of time. Well, okay. So I spent. I mean, I spent the first day pretty much working the entire day so that was like so that whittled it down to three days and then i think i had basically then i walked around the city for one day and then i went to i did a huge route in the in in the gorge um like i went all the way out to trillium i went all the way out i went like past multnomah falls and then south to trillium lake and then back i mean it it was like a 10-hour journey yeah, yeah yeah that's that's like that's kind of the and so it's kind of the loop people do yeah okay so i so i i mean it was it was a it was a it was a lot more than i was expecting but i was kind of gutted because the gorge itself had been shut down yep. due to the weather due to landslides due to whatever i guess it's getting kind of crazy out there um so and, so, and that was like the one place i really wanted to check out so it's it's kind of because in the fall, there was this massive, massive fire. Um, yes, that's and that's and that's why they've kind of got it on lockdown because 
that fire was brutal. Yeah, what happened? Like, what, what so, were the what were the implications of that? So it was like the driest season we'd had in a long time, and some kid threw a smoke bomb into a ravine, and it started a fire. And the fire burnt the entire gorge, basically. That's ridiculous, man. All because did they find the kid? Yeah, and I I was reading an article this morning or yesterday that they had. Uh, they had charged the kid $36.1 million in restitution or something. Good. <laughs> <laughs> reading, reading the comments is really funny because people are like, um, they should bring back stoning. They should bring back tar and feathers. They should make that kid redo the fucking paths himself. Like, it was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. I mean, that is like, I mean, it's like just one simple act of stupidity creates so much turmoil for for an entire region yeah and not just like the people that live there but but the earth and the land i mean it's it's just uh, sometimes just people people uh sometimes i just have so so, such little faith in humanity oh yeah (laughs) well okay so think about this like Multnomah Falls is the biggest tourist attraction that Oregon has. And it's like, it's been under like kind of, they've been, they've opened it, but they've, it's not as open as it used to be. Like you, if if there's, when I went, yeah, when I went, you couldn't get the only place that you could get to was the viewing point from down below. Yeah. You weren't allowed to walk up and maybe, maybe this was just because the rains and whatever, but like you you weren't allowed to walk up you couldn't get to the bridge you couldn't go i I think there's like a little bit of a hiking trail to get to the top of the fall like you couldn't do any of that it was totally locked down it's all really kind of sad but you know it'll it'll open once like the once there's like a full-on like change of all the seasons they'll know what the sediment's going to do and it'll be fine eventually so where were you when i was in portland that's a good you question. Were That's a good question. I don't even remember exactly when you were here. Uh, do you remember? Neither do I. <laughs> Usually you I'm I'm gonna say ninety percent sure I was I was on tour somewhere. On tour. Doing what? Uh okay, so I uh I work for bands. Like that's my day job. I I'm a sound guy for bands. That's a that's a that's a sweet gig. I imagine I imagine you get to I imagine you get to travel quite a bit. Yeah, and I mean it's really good, but uh, you know it's it's like I see the inside of a venue and a bus and like you know things that kind of suck when I'm on tour. But I, it also helps because I usually stay for like a week longer if we travel abroad or two weeks longer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I had a I had a friend who did lighting for a lot of uh for for a lot of big groups and um she seemed to always have spare time to go out and see and she I mean she was traveling all over the world and she seemed to always have spare time to go out and do and see whatever she wanted to. Yeah, that's see that's when when I have the time it's great, but sometimes it doesn't happen. This summer I'll have a little bit of time but I mean, we're doing a U.S. tour, and I'm 
I'm literally going to be in a city I've been in a thousand times every day. <laughs> What's next for you? Uh, so on, let's see, Friday I fly to Europe. Where are you going? Um, uh, I'm going to Wales for work. And then I'm going to... Uh, and then I'm just doing like a little train adventure. I'm I'm slowly starting to try like I had a goal to try and join the uh, the Century Travelers Club by the end of next year. Okay, all right. And I and I still have like thirty countries to get to or thirty things to get to. So I'm like I'm doing a little train trip through Europe and like checking off a couple like small countries I've never been to just to to do it. What are the start and end points of your trip? Uh, well, I mean, I'll I'll start in London and then I'll end in Rome, and then I fly back because I fly home from London, so I'll just fly back to London. Okay, but, cool. So you so you sticking you sticking on the west side? Yeah, for now. I mean, gotcha. I've only I've only got like a week and a half, so it's like I'm basically spending a night oh. or two in each little stop, and that's it. Yeah. It's a very yeah. busy time. It's a very busy time for the working. So what, what's um what's your like I'm I'm a bit of a bit of an audiophile. I'm like you know a casual audiophile. So okay. like what so what's your like what's your go to uh I don't know your go to brand. Well, so since I do I do monitors, so I do the sound for the yeah. band on stage. Yeah. Um, and we all use the uh, ultimate ears. 18s like the molded in-ear monitors ultimate ears 18 wait in-ear monitors yes sir and they're like they're actually molded to your ear like your ear canal and your all of that so they'll like you have to go to an audiologist and have your ears molded and then you send them in and they make a special pair for you holy shit okay so this is blowing my mind for two reasons a i didn't know that ultimate ears was in the professional market. Yeah, so and they're, they're like, I think the, they might be the biggest in the professional market, the biggest company in the professional audio world. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, like I said, I'm a casual audio file. Wow, I had no idea. Okay, sure. so then, and so then I had no idea that there was even such a thing as an in-ear monitor. I assumed yeah, like, that they all had to be either, you know, tabletop um, or like, you know, large speakers or over ears. No. So they're like, like, think about this. Think about you watch, you know, some band play and they've got those, they've got those things in their ears, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's an in-ear monitor. So it's, it's molded to be flush with your ear. I mean, honestly, that's what I'm talking to you like listening to you on right now <laughs> just just casually a two thousand pair dollar pair of headphones casually i get shit for it all the time because i like use them as my just regular headphones as your yeah. everyday yeah i mean i have i have a couple pairs and i i keep one safe for sure yeah well you know i think that's so funny that like that because oh, there's so many people who are out there who are into sound who will uh, I, they, like they get very focused 
on specs and you know they 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 like they'll hate on the way that something has been tuned and you know they like like they'll they'll shit on the Bose tuning or they'll or they'll they'll shit on Harman Kardon tuning or, or whatever and then and and they're just like no this product is terrible even if it's like a three hundred dollar pair of headphones but then you're like yeah I got a, I got a fifty dollar pair of shitty Sony's and like and they were great you know but yeah. and you're in the you're in the industry and and you don't have that same sort of uh, pretentiousness about the sound. I got yeah. So like I t- so I've got I've got two pairs. I've got a wired pair of. Have you are you familiar with one more? Have you heard of them? I feel like I've seen the name. It's what like just the number one and then more. It's a triple driver in ear headphone. They're like a hundred bucks. Sound quality blows me away. I've had them for a couple of years. And then uh, I've got a pair of wireless Bluetooth uh, Jaybird. Mm-hmm x3s and those are by far my favorite headphones for traveling uh the sound quality is insane they're durable the battery life is incredible they have a a great app that lets you tune it to your own that's like honestly that's my favorite part is that you can you have you can tune your own you can tune it yourself and then they have like the you know custom tuning from you know other high quality engineers or whatever and and choose the presets um but there's really granular control over it much more than just like your average eq and you can can really tune them to your own liking and you get whatever sound quality out of it that you want which is amazing yeah i like that that seems really nice actually so let's talk about your blog for a second um what like what compelled you to start this blog yeah what compelled me to start it well the the uh, it's, it's that's such a big question so the i'll i'll try to minimize it the go ahead i, I start i started it okay i'll expand a little so i started it really just as a personal register of my travels so that because I have a terrible memory and I know that I have a terrible memory. So I wanted to be able to just basically journal about my travels and be able to go back and be like, Oh yeah, I did that thing. And this is how I was feeling at that time. And so I started this blog and at the time I was just traveling to Australia. And my plan was to just go to Australia for like three to six months and then come home. Okay. And, and so when it started, my blog was actually called Honestly Australia uh, because, I don't know, I thought it sounded cool. Yeah, I mean, and Australia is great. And Australia is great. However, like I kind of had a little bit of a problem when my trip ended up going for a lot longer than three to six months and I ended up in other countries. The Australia branding didn't work out so well. So I had to switch things up a little bit and, um, and you know, it, it – it, it really just evolved over time. So it started as, as this personal register for myself and something for my family to keep up with so that I didn't have to call them every single day and, you know, so they knew that I was still alive. And um, then um, at a certain, there was a, I guess there was a, the sort of a tipping point in 2011 where I thought like, okay, you know, like let's let's make this a real thing but sort of you know as a hobby 
and you know sort of just see what happens and at that point i had really no idea what i was doing i was just you know going in totally blind with zero understanding about content or content marketing or you know readership value or email marketing or social media or any of these things um and uh so i just kind of did it as a hobby for a number of years and was essentially working as blogger by day and bartender by night and um i guess going going back to before the blog i was i was working in it in the boston area and um that was straight out of college and i had graduated right into the middle of a recession and so i couldn't find an actual job that would take me on full time anywhere and so the realization was well if the united states is having an economic crisis then i should go to a country that is not having an economic crisis so i went to australia and traveled for a little while and then was uh using bartending as a way to sort of support my travel habit if you will and um i started working as a bar back at this dirty dirty nightclub in in Kansas Australia and uh it was great i loved every second of it and then sort of worked my way up from bar back to bartender to cocktail bartender and then ended up working in some of the best cocktail bars around the world um and so during this whole bartending experience i was i was working as a as a bartender by night and then blogger by day so i had these two things going simultaneously uh and then just in 2015 is that right yeah in about 2015 i made the full time switch and uh have not been bartending since then but have been full time blogging nice that's a story. So you full time blog now, and obviously it pays your bills. Pays my bills. That is incredible. It's, I feel like that's everyone's dream in this day and age. It's yeah, you know, it's look. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I I love the freedom that it allows me. I get to do some really amazing things. Um, but at the same time, it's a job, yeah, right? Of and so. And, and there is no such thing as the perfect job and every job has its downsides. And so, you know, I like, I, I don't, I guess I, I don't want to like immediately jump into the negatives, although I guess that is kind of what I'm doing, but like I, you know, there, it is the quote unquote dream life, but it's also really important to recognize that there is a flip side to that and that there are, uh, a lot of drawbacks to living nomadically for a long time um and then like being your own boss being an entrepreneur had the the struggles the 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 mental struggles the personal challenges are all very very real and very difficult and so um yeah you know it like i get to do some really great stuff and very very grateful for the for for the work that i do um but you know at the end of the day a lot of it's still work and i still have to do a lot of things i don't want to do yeah of course <laughs> um what are what are some of the drawbacks of 
doing this? Um, I think the biggest the biggest one is having a never ending to do list. Like when you work for somebody else, it's very easy to just go into the office. You have your your you know you like you have your your deliverables. You have your things that you have to do for the day, you have your project that you have to complete by a certain date and you just do that thing and you have a steady paycheck coming in for it. And you know, it's, it's when, you know, five o'clock comes around, you, you walk out or maybe it's six or maybe seven or whatever it is, but you walk out and you go home and you don't have to think about work until the next day. Whereas I never really stop working. Right. I, I work, in some form every day of my life. And so that could be exhausting. Yeah. That sounds like it could be really exhausting, but you know, it's, they, they say is, you know, if you do the thing that you love, you never work a day in your life. And you know, there's some truth to that, but also it's, um, I guess one of the other downsides is that, when you monetize the thing that you love, you start to love it a little bit less. Yep. I know that from my career. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. And so, so that's a really big struggle. And so, so, you know, I've found in the past, um, well in, 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 yeah, in the past year or so there, there, you know, some aspects of this that I've started to, really love a lot less. And so I'm working on implementing some processes and changing up my business model in some ways so that I can get back to doing the things that I love and doing less of the things that I hate. That's, yeah, that's good. And so it's all just like, that's, that's, you know, business evolution, but then also just for the sake of my own sanity and my own, mental health, like I, you know, taking care of myself and, and, uh, getting back to, to living the passionate life that, uh, I want to be living this past. And, and that's not to say that I've, you know, I'm not this past year has just been very, very work focused. And, uh, honestly I needed that, but this is the year of transition. Back to, back to pleasurable and not so work. Exactly. Um, Hopefully. What has your work brought you this year that's been so stressful, I guess? Like, where have you been? What have you been doing? Uh, well, there's not, like, it's just the, it's the everyday hustle that can be, that can be a little bit stressful. But, but you know, I mean, I, I used to do really awesome things. I mean, this year, um, God, I'd have to actually, let me pull out my little, let me pull out my little tracker. I have a this year I started keeping track of all my, all my trips because I know how bad my memory is. That's um, that's actually an amazing idea. I just kind of jot, I kind of just jot stuff down in notebooks when I travel, but I should really keep track. No, I've do it. So this year I started doing a travel tracker where I'm actually keeping track of every single flight that I take, how many legs, <laughs> Uh, how many miles I fly, which airline I'm flying, what the route is, everything like that. Wow. Um, and so I, I think it'll just be really interesting to see at the end of the year how many flights, 
how many miles I flew. Um, because, you know, at, at the end of last year, I was kind of like, you know, I really have no idea what I did this year. And so I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, the year in numbers. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I like, so as an example, you know, this year, um, well, at the end of last year, I started working with Google as an ambassador for their hashtag team pixel, okay. uh, camp. Well, not really a campaign. It's an ongoing, it's an ongoing thing. So, um, they brought, Google brought us out to Salt Lake city for the Sundance film festival and snowboarding and just like hitting the mountains, going to, uh, movie premieres. And that was like, that was just like a highlight trip. So that was, that was January. Then from there I went to Whistler and, um, I was out there and we did like insane snowmobiling to the top of mountains in insane whiteout conditions with like six feet of snow. And, um, like that was, that was pretty incredible. Um, and then, uh, I guess other trip that I did was out to your neck of the woods. I was working with Harmon Carden and went out to bend for Subaru Winterfest and that was more uh snowboarding so we hit mount bachelor complete whiteout conditions again um which actually i think is pretty par for the course on mount bachelor but um i've seen yeah, some, so, i've um, seen some pretty good some pretty nice photos from mount bachelor in the winter that are that aren't completely white out but close yeah yeah at the top of the mountain you could not see a thing which is actually i've never really so I've been snowboarding for a long time, but I've never really snowboarded in such whiteout conditions like that. And it's a little bit nerve wracking because when you can't see 10 feet in front of you. Yeah, I'm a, sure it like, makes it hard. It, it makes it, you, you become very nervous and like, and you can't really commit to your path. You can't commit to your legs because you don't know what's about to pop up in front of your board. Like there might be a tree 20 feet in front of you that you have, you can't even see. Yeah. So, um, that anyway, that, that was a, a, fun experience so yeah so then I, I went to bend and i went to portland i've come back and i so i'm based in dc and i've been working a bunch for the past uh couple of months and then in a couple of weeks i'm heading out to oahu i'm working on a project with traveling leisure and from there i'll be heading over to spain and then later this year i'll be doing tanzania maybe kenya going to egypt and sort of filling in all the blanks from there so i mean you know like uh, you know there, uh, there are there are my i have my stressful negative day-to-day moments as i think anybody does but in the grand scheme of things i have a lot of really cool stuff going on yeah it sounds like it i mean the africa stuff I'm, alone sounds great yeah that's that's gonna be fun i'm going with my mom actually that is amazing she's going with you to all of those places not all those places just so we're doing uh, Tanzania, maybe Kenya and then Egypt. Okay. Gotcha. That's and it. she's, and you know, and my mom is, is a very spiritual, uh, you know, hippy dippy, earthy crunchy granola type. And it, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, you know, it rubs off on me. I'm a little bit that way too. So, sure. uh, she's, she's really, really excited to go to Egypt because, uh, there's just so much in the way of, spiritual meaning 
that like I, I she I think she is expecting that to be kind of the like the spiritual pinnacle of her life. And so I'm really, really excited to be able to share that experience with her. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I've been discussing with my mother about taking her to Italy because she's, well, she's never really left the Midwest. <laughs> it's, the, it's the one place she wants to go is, she said since I was a kid, I want to go to Tuscany before I die. So, you know. What's, might, the, what's the reason? Like, they're, 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 they're like, literally, I think it's only because she's seen movies that are based there and she just thinks the landscape is incredible it's so funny i like people are drawn to different countries sometimes for absolutely no reason like i bought that initial ticket to australia back in 2010 for no real particular reason like i just had this draw to the country of australia and i don't know why i had i knew literally nothing about the country um and I, I, I mean, I went, my, my expectations were, were all totally wrong, but I, 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 for some reason just wanted to go there and, and I had no idea why. So it's, I, I find it really interesting that, that people can be drawn to places for no particular reason. Maybe it's, maybe it's just the curiosity of the place. Like, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily drawn, but I want to physically go everywhere. <laughs> and I want to yeah. see everything. Like I had no, I went to Mongolia last year and, cool. I had, and I had no expectations. Like I didn't really know what to expect. And I was blown away. Like the city is whatever. Ulaanbaatar is kind of, it's just a city, but the countryside was breathtaking. The people were incredible. Like the food was, even the food was cool. I ate horse and I thought it was delicious. Which is not something I, believe, I think I, I would normally do. I believe it, man. I, I totally get it. Um, I, uh, I I think you know. I think expectations, having expectations, expectations will will ruin an experience. And so, going in with zero expectations is by far the best way. Having if you have no expectations, you are guaranteed an amazing time. But if you go in expecting something, it's never going to meet them and you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good way to look at it, for sure. So, I think you did the smart thing there. And um, I, have, I haven't been to Mongolia. I've been close to Mongolia, uh, but, and, and some, some of the landscapes and the desert out there is just, it's otherworldly. It's, it's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, but would definitely love to get out there and do a little bit of yurt living for some time. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty nifty. Uh, that's the, and and as like the the best part was is as Americans, you don't need a uh, you don't need a visa, so you can just go or you know buy a ticket and go, which is great. I really like I didn't know that. Yeah, see, I didn't know that. I didn't until I was researching the trip because I ended up like. I ended up taking a train trip from London to Hong Kong. And Whoa. Yeah. That's cool. So Mongolia was kind of like, Mongolia was somewhere towards the end, but I was there for, I don't know, like 15 days. 
And I how think long I, did that whole trip take you? In the total, I was gone like I think total, I was gone nine weeks. Um, and I think I figured it out. I was on the train for a total of like nine and a half days. Okay, so so basically one out of nine weeks. Yeah, and I mean, I stopped like I I'd gone through uh, I'd like. I started in London and I went up through Scandinavia and then took the train across Russia and into That's Mongolia. Cool. Like I took the trans right. trans Mongolian. I don't know. They, it changes its name once it gets farther east. Every, everything gets a little bit weirder once you start going east. I mean, in that, like it actually, in gets, that region. it actually gets <laughs> incredible in like in Siberia. I thought Siberia was yeah. so amazing. Have you been? I haven't, but that is in the, I was going to say top three, but that actually might be number one on my list. Yeah, it's, it's, it's for sure. Uh, I would advise, like, I would go back tomorrow if I had the opportunity. There was a, I'm, I'm a sucker for the train, like always and forever. I think the longest I rode the train in Russia was three days straight. Before I got cabin oh. fever, <laughs> without without ever getting off, uh, like there are like twenty minute stops here and there that you can yeah, like, get off yeah. the train, but it's not like you know you buy a snack at the thing that's on the platform and yeah, you yeah, stretch and your you legs. Yeah, there's a train that goes north of Lake Baikal that I mm-hmm. want to do. That's like kind of according to everything I read, it was kind of one of those things where it's like not any tourist do it. So it would be kind of fun, but it adds like, I think it adds four days onto the trip getting to Vladivostok, which is That's a lot. Issue, but It'd be fun. Yeah, but but like, but whatever. Yeah, you got the, time, right? That's exactly it. And you, I mean, obviously, you put that time in in your trip, and you go. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm really I'm dying to get out there. Uh, that part of the world really fascinates me. Like. Eastern Europe, uh, specifically, and then just like that whole surrounding region for it, you know, it's funny, like I've seen very little of Western Europe because I'm, I don't I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, it doesn't draw me in the same way. Like I, I don't, you know, like they have amazing food. There's, there's incredible culture and, and beautiful landscapes and all that, but I don't know. There's just, there's something different, something a little bit something a little bit more strange and unique about that Eastern side of Europe. And, uh, and I really love it. Yeah. I, I, kind of, I kind of get what you're saying. I remember being in, I don't even, I don't even know Eastern, like the Eastern block as they call it sometimes. And it was, (laughs) it was, uh, yeah, it was great. The people were awesome. The food is interesting <laughs> where did you go um i like so on tour we had done i'd done a lot of like uh the czech republics slovakia slovenia poland Sweet. hungary you know things like that and then on my own i've Sweet. done like a few of those same places uh croatia turkey greece there's still a cool. lot of those countries that i'm I'm trying to uh, get back to, but you know, eventually I'll get there. <laughs> yeah, one day. 
One day, well, one day, yeah. As as sad as it sounds. Okay, so if you could give the listeners one travel tip to finish this, what would you give? What would you say to them? One travel tip. Yeah. If it scares you, do it. Uh, and then tell them where they can follow along on your travels and your adventures and things. Yeah, you can find me at Travel Freak, and you can find me at www.travelfreak.net. I would like to thank my guest, Jeremy Scott Foster, the Travel Freak. When you get a second, head on over to travelfreak.net and check out his blog. There's some pretty cool stuff on there, especially if you're trying to live location independent, as they call it. So yeah, again, I'd like to thank Jeremy. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. Be sure to check us out on social media. We have Instagram, Twitter, and even a Facebook page. Uh, all of them are at Lost in Transit PC. If you could take a second to rate and review the podcast while you're listening to it on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever it is you listen to, that would be incredible. Um, and if you have any questions, concerns, comments, have any ideas for guests, please feel free to shoot me an email at lostintransitpc at gmail.com. Until next time, I've been your host, Spud Groshong, and get lost. <laughs> <laughs>